There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are influencers on the internet. Which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high coverage foundation. More popular than soft launching your boyfriend. More popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi, it's more popular than influencers. See you in there. Welcome to Pod Save America. I'm John Favreau. I'm John Lovett. I'm Tommy Vitor. Uh, hope you're all enjoying your holidays right now. We have decided that for our last episode of the year, we're going to talk about uh, our New Year's resolutions. We are. And not just us. You're going to hear from us uh, in the next couple minutes, but then we asked a bunch of the extended Crooked family. The fam. To uh, give us their resolutions too. So Ira Madison, George Papadopoulos. Louis Vertel. Maria, Glenn, Maria Butina. Yeah, she's resolved to uh, spy more. <laughs> Is that possible? <laughs> James Comey will be here. Yeah. He's going to get taller. He said he wants to be taller in 2019. <laughs> and more righteous. So how should we start this? Does anyone want to start with some resolutions? Sure. Tommy, you want to start or love it? Do you want to start? Why don't you guys do a standoff? I'll go first. All Kick right. it off, buddy. Kick it off. Love it. All right. I'm going to, I have some, uh, I have, <laughs> here we go. All right. So, um, listen, my diet, my diet's a disaster again. Ooh, are we do a food section? I'm just going to say this one quick because it is the one I make every year. Uh, the mm. only time I've Tell successfully reigned in my diet is when HBO was hanging over my head like a sword of Damocles. <laughs> and uh, I just can't live like this anymore. I can't. I can't have so many Snickers ice cream bars. And you know what? You have Snickers ice cream bars? Ronan. Okay. Those Ronan bought a box of five, a ate one, and left town. John. What kind of monster? John. I love Snickers ice cream bars. I want to credit you for having Snickers ice cream bars. I wrote down, I want to eat worse, smarter. Okay? Oh, if I'm home alone in my house, interesting. I will have five peanut butter spoons without thinking twice about it. That is a thoroughly disgusting habit. <laughs> we are all being, we're all being quite a bunch of charlottes right now. That is, that is like eating an entire <laughs> chocolate. I don't get what that means. That's like eating a whole cake. It's, a, it's okay to have a, a Snickers ice cream bar. It's yeah. okay to have wings for lunch along with your sandwich if it was an accidental order like I just <laughs> did. I ate a right? whole pizza for lunch. I guess I want to eat out less. And mm. like Postmates less because, and, and Emily is always trying to convince me to do this. She's like, Fine. we can buy groceries. We can cook. There'll be fresher foods. It'll be great. And I'm always just like lazy and saying, oh, it's easier to Postmates. The one I, think I, really that, wanna, I think that can't be great. The one I want to talk you into is firing up that coffee maker. Dude. What? I've been doing it this week. Come on. Because I was finally shamed enough when we were, um, when we were at the Hanukkah celebration last week and everyone was making fun of me for my Dunkin' Donuts coffees and sandwiches every morning. John, John. You just said the Hanukkah celebration. Like... I don't know how you made that sound so not Jewish. I know. I don't know what else. It was the first. It was the first Hanukkah thing that I've been to. The Hanukkah celebration. <laughs> you sound like Mike fucking Pence. 
So I was at the Hanukkah celebration with mother. <laughs> Wait, this is a big deal. What, did, so did you get like a filter when like grounds? I got some K cups and uh, I've just okay been cups. making uh, I've been making coffee every morning. This, oh, this so you week. have a cake? You guys have a K cup machine? We do, and I just wasn't even using that. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> Well, and ba- I'm, and I'm baby using, steps. And I'm using Buckle up for the responses to using those K-cup things. Oh, no. Is that, a pro- is that fucking problematic? Tanya, what do you think? Problematic. Tweet it, John. Let him know what you think about the K-cups. Um, <laughs> can I tell you a related one to what you're saying? Uh-huh. Love it. I, I want to go to the gym less. <laughs> You don't need to go to the gym. Tommy's not going to uphold. You don't know. You don't. You don't though. need to that go to such a. People are out there are throwing their phones <laughs> yeah. into volcanoes. I'm not. I'm not giving <laughs> you the standard shit. This is like. This is like uh, when uh, in 08 when they asked all the candidates, "What's your greatest?" Yeah, weakness? John Edwards like I help women cross the street. No, too that's much. the opposite. <laughs> I'm doing literally the opposite of that, which I, is I, I agree, most Tommy. New Year's resolutions are like I would like to read more books, but I, I want to go to the gym less. You don't have to go to the gym. If you don't eat the five handfuls of trail mix every time you walk into the crooked media kitchen, Tommy, I so appreciate that. I'm it's a in, in that spirit. I, I resolve this year to start smoking. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to read more. <laughs> I want to write more. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Neither of us are gonna do that. No, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I feel like I can keep mine a little easier. That's the beauty here. Yeah, going to the gym less. That's a. That's a. That's when you can knock off in January, and then the gyms are crowded <laughs> with the people who made the opposite resolution. Uh, um, let's see. I plan to either keep up with Slack more. Or remove myself from Slack, <laughs> but it's we're going. We're going. It's the only way out is through. Either way, here's how. Here's how our company goes. Tell um, us. We're sitting in our office, and uh, and and we'll all be on Slack because that's how we all communicate in this company. And we'll say something like, "Oh, can you believe that story about George Papadopoulos?" And and, and love it's like, "What? What are you talking about?" We're like, "It's on Slack." He's like, "What was that on Slack?" Like two hours ago. We've been all talking about it for two hours in this company. Maybe I was ideating. I resolve to not use that word again. <laughs> I was busy ideating. <sighs> oh, so you want to? So you want to use Slack more or not at all? Yeah, it's one or the other. What, what's current? The, the current, okay. the current lukewarm Slack use that I'm u- offering is terrible. How's your resolution about your desk or what's happened with your desk? Do you want to tell everyone what's happened uh, with your can desk? Can we lay the context? Yeah, <laughs> John, John, and I sit together in a in a room. We have three desks. We have a little couch. We have a speakerphone. Lovett's desk has gotten so covered in shit that it's no longer usable. Uh, uh, so now so, he is resolved so, to sit on the couch, and now two thirds of the couch and chairs are also covered in backpacks. The other day he sorted his mail on the couch. <laughs> that happened. I so, think he's trying to push us out of the office. Here's the he's thing. now he now he now resides in like sixty percent of the office. Um, look. Uh, so my desk was messy during the period of time in which we were traveling, touring, doing the HBO show. My desk is now clean, and yet I can't bring myself to go back there. I'm a couch man. I'm going to go back to the desk. I'm going to go back to the desk. But I've loved the couch lifestyle. First I'm of all, sure you have. I can see all the way down the office from one end all the way to the mm. other. Right? I can mm-hmm. see the whole empire. You know? Spatial politics are you know, an issue. I can see the whole thing. And so I like that, but I hear you. I hear you. Um, another resolution I have here, it says, I will delete Facebook, Twitter, email, and text. The only way to reach me will be to call me. Whoa. That's not going to happen. Not going to happen. That's but it is the dream. It is the dream. <clears throat> That's like uh, Jack going to Burma for a while, you know? It's just cutting it all off. <laughs> well, so my, my- It was on Slack. Oh, Jack. Jack, Jack. <laughs> it was on Slack. We all talked about it. Um, my big resolution sort of has to do with social media. I, I'm not going to resolve to not use Twitter- I am going to resolve to use Twitter differently because it has become, I think it has broken my brain. It has permanently altered my (laughs) brain chemistry. I am an angrier person when I use it. 
I am more cynical when I use it. There's too much nastiness on there. There's too much anger on there. And I think most importantly, Twitter, as, as people who do politics for a living, as we all do, like Twitter just does not accurately represent what most people in the country think about, how they feel, how they act, how they speak. And it is sort of warping our perception of what politics is by just following the same fucking people and the same fucking fights all the time. Can I respond to your resolution briefly? Yeah. That ain't it, chief. <laughs> exactly. There's also, as I just demonstrated, a terrible, broken, boring, redundant lexicon on Twitter that just makes everyone in every conversation dumber. Your Twitter jokes aren't funny after people have used them the first thousand times. You told me this in private. I, didn't. <laughs> I, think, that the, I think that's right. Like, and I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm taking suggestions on how to use it differently. Like already over the last couple of weeks, like I'm not getting in Twitter fights anymore. I don't want to do that. I'm trying to stay out of my mentions more. Both of you have peeled back very well, I think. Yeah. I'm proud of you. I, I want to get out of the mentions more. I want to, um, I, I want to have my tone be a little bit better on Twitter. Like I want to try to have my Twitter tone match my IRL. real life tone, how I would talk to people in real life. I don't go up to strangers on the street and start screaming at them about Medicare for all. I just, I don't do that. I throw red I have roses to, at people. <laughs> I would like. Maybe like, you should fucking start. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to have debates with people in real life. When I don't agree Ugh. with them, I, I sit and have a debate or I like, we get into it, but I don't do what I do on Twitter half the time. I think that. I think two things about Twitter. I think one of the biggest problems of Twitter is the illusion that you're actually, um, that it's actually important to keep up with the stories and uh, information that spreads on Twitter in real time, as if the world is changing so quickly and, it, and, and so much information that is important is being sort of released in real time that if you don't keep up with it, you'll fall behind, you'll lose the thread, you won't know what's important anymore. The world doesn't change as fast as Twitter wants you to think it does. It just doesn't. Yeah. Like, big, big, a lot of little things happen that we forget about. If we went through some of the things we have tweeted about in the past year, we wouldn't have retained them, nor should we have, because they weren't that important. And so to me, like, it is the illusion that there's something happening when there's nothing happening or when something important is happening, when actually something small is happening. No, and, th and that's, that's the addictive quality to it, too. And that's, that's my problem is, like, I don't go on there for the Twitter mobs and the flame wars and all that bullshit. I go on there because I need to be updated on the news every 10 seconds. And the question is, why do I need that update all the time? And I don't think that I do. You definitely don't. No one does. Because here's the thing. If your worldview was so soft and fragile that it was malleable based on these tiny little developments every single day, that there was information that you needed to learn to adjust your perspective, adjust your expectations. Um, yeah. uh, you'd be a ridiculous person. Well, you'd be it, a ridiculous, useless person. Right. And what it, People, for some reason, one of the worst things about being a public figure, I think, is being asked to comment on silly stuff all the time. Like, it would drive us crazy when we were Barack Obama's spokespeople. But people... In on Twitter, take that thing over for themselves. They force themselves to comment on shit all the time for no reason. Like right. Tommy Vitor's statement on the American flag being removed from the scene in First Man, the Buzz Aldrin story. It's like, what are we doing here? <laughs> what, what a waste of time. And the reason I say I want to learn how to use it differently is because there are plenty of good parts about Twitter. Like you get all kinds of information you wouldn't get otherwise. You hear from all kinds of experts and really smart people in fields that you, and you wouldn't uh, encounter those people on a daily basis. So that's fascinating. We 
some of the best parts of uh, being here at Crooked Media have been like people who went out to Canvas, who tweeted us and tweet pictures, and oh, we're voting for the first time, or we're registering people for the first time. Like that part's wonderful. I, I want to keep up with that part, but I can't. I can't with all the and it's just like the Twitter mobs and the pylons of people, and it's like there's some people, and it's fortunately it's not us, but there's some people who just. All day long, all that happens is they get attacked by people. <laughs> They're just out there, and so, sometimes they trigger it, and sometimes other people. And I'm just watching it, and I'm like, wait, no one has anything better to do than fucking, like, dunk on... I'm not even going to start Yeah, we all names, have the same so person gonna, in mind. Well, yeah, we we yeah. all need to stage an intervention for some friends. But, but no, and a whole bunch of other people. It's just like, st- you have better things to do than pick one random personality on Twitter and just go after them all the time. Well, it's this feeling of like, it's this toxic thing. Our brains are not meant to have so many people in our faces all the time. Mm. Tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of human beings who get to... who. who who are basically standing in front of you for five seconds at a time, being like, ah, <laughs> I think AOC is dumb. Fuck. What? And then that person's gone. You're like, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you know, you didn't say that about these Republicans who know fucking Climate change bullshit. is coming. Also, Trump has a crime. Also, there's yeah, something cultural like, that you should like, know. Also, that, blah, 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 blah. Imagine if, imagine if every tweet was read one at a time, out loud, to your face as they were going by. You'd fucking, you'd have to, you'd have to, like, it's you'd a have river to take yourself shits. out of humanity. It's a river shit. Did you see that New York Times headline? Yeah. It's like, well, that's such it. a waste of time. Other, Panther was bad. <laughs> well, that's the other part is you lose sort of um, perspective and proportionality of like what stories are important since there's like a leveling aspect of Twitter so that every story that comes by your feed seems like it's the same, mm-hmm. but they're not the same. Some are far more important than other stories. Yeah. I mean, that's why, you know, Trump, Trump is the perfect embodiment of the Twitter idea. He learns everything from it and he'll say things like, uh, uh, I'm going to fire Robert Mueller. I'm going to do trade sanctions. Uh, Megyn Kelly sucks. All on the same level. All equal footing. I love Jesse Waters' new book. Yeah, all one level. <laughs> you know, there was, I've talked to you guys Check about this. Check out Dan Bongino's <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, so I, I, was, I saw this movie called uh, The Exterminating Angel, uh, which is an old uh, film about a group of uh, fancy people at a dinner party who discover they can't leave the party and they slowly go insane. And uh, it really stuck with me. It's a great movie. But it really stuck with me as an analogy for Twitter because all it took to make this group of fancy people lose their minds, rip apart the walls, attack each other, kill a fucking goat was not being able to leave. Spoiler. You know, all the all the talk about algorithms, all the talk about monopoly, all the talk about the abuses of these companies, their failure to treat their customers well, their failure to treat our privacy well, all of it's valid. But the greatest trick they ever pulled was convincing us we couldn't leave because the second we thought we couldn't leave, we turned into fucking animals. <laughs> <laughs> I also wrote down, read more, tweet less on my list. Read, yeah. That, so <laughs> as I try to tweet less and spend less time on Twitter, I want to read more. I want to write more. I want to play piano more. Like I have other skills in life that I want to actually do. Maybe watch some movies. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get you to see yeah. some fucking movies because okay. your, your blind spots on film are extraordinary. Can I do I some self-deprecation on this front? Please. Sure. Okay. I want to watch more great stuff and I'm going to list some shows that I haven't finished the series of. Atlanta, The Sopranos, Mad Men, Dear White People, The Americans, Friday Night Lights, Insecure, Better Call Saul, That's So Raven. Why deny yourself? (laughs) Why deny yourself this joy and like watch fucking the great British baking show every night when you fall asleep? A great show. It's It's nice to fall asleep to, but I could 
I could stand to Makes expand me hungry. my right, world. You know what, though? I'm, I'm very a- jealous of you, Tommy, that you have a lot of those shows left to watch. Though Atlanta's on my list, too. Thank so you. I need season, to watch this. Season second. one is amazing. Season I need two to watch that. As we're going to use our phones less and tweet less and not use our phones in meetings, something the three of us have talked about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to read some. I'm going to read the first few from the AFI 100. You two say if you've seen it. Oh, cool. This Ready? Is, um, Citizen Kane. Yes. Nope. Yes. Casablanca. No. Nope. Yes. The Godfather. Yes. 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 Gone with the Wind. No. Yes. Lawrence of Arabia. No. No. Larry, no. <laughs> Larry. The Wizard of Oz. Yes. Yes. The Graduate. Yep. Yes. Yes. On the Waterfront. No. No. Yes. Never even heard of that. <laughs> it's the one with the rabbits, right? On the Waterfront? That's oh, Watership Down. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Schindler's List? I didn't yeah, just, of course. All right. Honestly, that was, a, that was offensive right. to ask that was, I'm, I'm, You're yeah. not pro-Holocaust yeah, if you haven't seen Schindler's List. Okay. Everybody calm the fuck okay, down. Okay, you get Johnny BDS over here. <laughs> What's the next one? Uh, singing in the Rain? No. Yes. Is that Mary Poppins? It's a Wonderful Life? <laughs> yes. yes. No. You've Sunset. never seen It's a Wonderful Life? I've never seen it. It looks... I, I, I got it, you Too know... It's schmaltzy for you. It's schmaltzy. Too it's schmaltzy. Although I recently watched like uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, and I enjoyed it. Mm. Uh, Sunset Boulevard? No. Mm, Come no. on, that's how I'm the gay one because I've seen Sunset Boulevard. All right, we made it through twelve. I'd like to we see got like some work French to do. More than I thought. It's, sometimes it's hard to You're find. Doing better them, than I thought. I got to dig in. Have you seen Star Wars? Yes, but Robert Gibbs tried to fire John because he hadn't seen like Caddyshack and all these sort of Caddyshack and Animal House were the comedy two. sort of cultural. Was, have you guys seen All About Eve? 70s. No. Oh, you gotta watch All About Eve. And I hadn't seen Chinatown, and then Barack Obama <laughs> made me go home and watch that. That's cool. Oh my god, well, that is a humble brag for all fucking that's time. A, that's a cool. I hadn't seen Chinatown until Barack Obama made me watch it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I never, I hadn't seen uh, Psycho, what, and then the, Hillary, pope, the Pope had me watch what did it. Hillary Clinton yeah. make you watch? Yeah, no, I, what? What? I uh, never three met... years of her speeches. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Uh, along Lovett's last joke, uh, one of the things I wrote down was, "I want to be more blunt." I think there's a delta between what we text each other and what we say into these microphones. Oh. I want to shrink that gap as much as possible, especially because we're going to be talking about the Democratic Party. And it I does us no good thing. to pull punches. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, the be on Twitter less is going to help with that. Yeah, it is. because <laughs> It's actually essential, essential to it. I wrote, be more honest about my criticism of Democrats. And then I said, I'll start right now. My threshold, uh, but it's not necess- it's necessary, but not sufficient is for any senator who wants to be president is to making sure they don't sound like a fucking senator. Mm. And right now, yikes. That's my... <laughs> that's a good one. That's my first... I'm, gonna, mm. I'm dipping my toe in. I think you're right. Um, on the flip side of the be blunt and say what we think about Democrats for the uh, primary... Trim your sails. <laughs> no. I think about something that... <laughs> love it. You wrote this when we were, I think, talking about the mission of this company at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. There was a phrase where you said, we should be patient with our allies. Yes. Which I think was a really great phrase. And I do think, like, we should all disagree and we should have debates and we should be honest about what we think. But there is something to be said for being patient and not always questioning the motivations of, at the very least, people who share our goals, values, beliefs in a broad way. Debate policies, not motives. Yeah, and and character, too. Like, I think that we, like, this is going to be a very fine line. Uh, in the next year is that there's going to be some serious fights and debates on policy among all these Democrats running. We should have those debates and we shouldn't shy from them. But at the same time, like we, we have to remember that we all share the same broad goal here and we can't get to the point where someone has been so attacked 
or you know by by other people in the primary that we end up with a nominee who's been you know got the shit kicked out of that person by 15 other democrats and then trump uses all those attacks in the general and we're uh nowhere good so not good yeah i would say one other thing i want to do speaking of just being on twitter less and being in that kind of soup less is um not lose the forest for the trees and you know as much as we want to cover what's going on this week what's going on today and sort of keeping people up to date with everything that's going on uh, i also want to remember the kind of longer term trends that i care about whether they're economic or cultural. And some of the hardest things I think to talk about uh, are the kind of ever-present atmospheric realities that are hard to understand and hard to change. And so for one of them that I'm going to try to do more of is I want to talk about authenticity less and I want to talk about integrity more And I th- because I think we actually are using them interchangeably. It's something I've, you know, I've talked about it before, but I just... I'm going to I even still use it as a shorthand. And so I'm going to start pointing it out when I see more and more like... When I see this idea of authenticity as this thing we're supposed to be striving towards, I want to talk more about why I think that's wrong and why I think it's been part of the problem in our politics. Cool. Anyone else got one? I want to uh, follow a sports team in in an almost psychotic manner. Uh, (laughs) I like... I love all things Boston sports, the Red Sox, the Celtics, the Patriots. I haven't really watched a lot of Bruins games since I was 12, but they're good. But... I have to admit that I really only watched regular season Patriots games. I don't want to hear your bullshit about how they cheat. They're a fantastic franchise. John love it. Uh, so I want to pick a new team. It I didn't be, have to say a word. It could be a premier. You said it last night. I love it or leave it. I heard it. It could be a they Premier did. League team. It could be an MLS soccer Just team. Go with the, the Rams LA here. Really, yeah, the Rams. Well, it's, it's week fourteen, so it'd be tough. But, um, but it'd be fun. Just watch them day in, day out. Know the players. Know the ins and outs. Get a little crazy and uh, <laughs> get a little crazy. Be that kind of guy. Cool. One last one. Sure. Please. I'll, I want to be a bit more grateful in 2019. I was thinking about I was going to, I had that one too. And I, I want to do it. I want to stop having to remind myself to do it. <laughs> that I, I guess like, you know, when I'm frustrated by th- small things, which happens a lot because, you know, we have this company now and it's incredibly exciting, but there's a lot of moving pieces. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of things that have to go right. And things go wrong sometimes. Things don't go the way you expect. Things are hard. And I sometimes, I think, get frustrated. We all get frustrated. But I want to remember in those moments that there's always going to be that that when when a thousand things go right and and a dozen go wrong, that's good. That's really Mm -hmm. good. Yeah. I just want to remember, this is the calm before the storm. Last year is the best medicine. (laughs) So don't get your knickers in a twist. And I want to use fewer cliches. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> My God. What a, rough. Oh, wow. We walked down a very long pier to get to the end of that one. It's <laughs> uh, like a love it or leave it episode. Yeah. <laughs> I also think I want to spend more time with and communicating with friends and family because like, I think because of our job and because we're so into fucking politics all the time, that takes up so much mind share and then we're tired at the end of the week and you like don't have anything to do and you just want to like read a little bit more and then go to, like I need to just fucking get out and talk to all the people in my life a little bit more. You hear that Andy? <laughs> a, lot, a lot of love coming your <laughs> way. <laughs> hey, hey Andy, I'd like you to meet I like you to meet someone uh, someone you might like. It's your brother John. Meet, meet, meet someone you know well <laughs> for the first time. Does this mean he's going to text us on the weekends too? <laughs> <laughs> Enough of you two. <laughs> yeah, shut, too John much wants of you to get two. rid of us. That's what he's trying to say. Um, uh, I want to get out of the office more. I think sometimes we get trapped in here. The, the great thing about going on tour is you get out, you meet people like Demetrius, like folks we've met along the way who have just 
change the way we think about things, open your eyes to different issues. But sometimes your work rhythm turns into a rut and you come in and you tweet and you record and you leave and I want to do that less. Anything else? Any parting any parting words? No. More cliches for you, Tommy? That's all I got, I think. Uh, I think you guys will enjoy hearing from Aaron, from Lewis, from Ira, from others TBD that we haven't recorded yet at this time. <laughs> <laughs> We're asking now. We're asking everybody. Um, so yeah. So here's everyone else at, at Crooked. Uh, and uh, Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France, which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mère and mère somehow being different words. Tubi, it's more popular than being French. See you in there. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How do you cope when there's something weighing on you or something you need to get off your chest? You know the best way to do it? Best way to cope is to talk about it. Not just cram it down. Not do what generations of New Englanders have done. Just stuff their feelings down. Maybe cover it with a coat of booze. No. You got to talk to someone. You got to work it out. Get it off your chest. And just by doing that, you will feel better. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash PSA. Go today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P-S-A. Okay, we have uh, Pod Save America host Dan Pfeiffer here. Dan, we wanted to get you into this. What is your New Year's resolution? I... I'm going to try, and in the spirit of New Year's resolution, it's going to be very hard to accomplish, but I want to use my phone less. Ooh. You know, I updated my software a few months ago, and now Apple sends me every Sunday my screen time, my daily screen time average. That's hard to look at, isn't it? It is a hard hit because it's a lot of hours, and it doesn't even count, obviously, the hours I'm on my laptop. And when it first started, it was when we were traveling for HBO. So it's like, well, I'm traveling all the time. I'm in airports. I'm on planes. So it makes sense. But in the month of December, where I've been, I have not been traveling and I've been home, it's just as bad. And so I think I need to f- carve out non phone time. Yeah. Right. Which just doesn't mean like pay less attention to the news, although that would be potentially an ancillary benefit. But just have some time where I am not looking at my phone. I am away from it. I could be maybe enjoying, you know, talking to humans or watching a program or something. But just where I'm not like constantly flipping back between like Twitter, the ESPN app, you know, Instagram or whatever else. I'm just like present in the moment without my phone, like putting it in a drawer somewhere for some period of time a day. So that is my goal. That is a fantastic resolution. I notice it particularly when I'm like walking around outside and I'm like staring at my phone. I'm like, you know what? You're outside. 
You live in Los Angeles. Look around. Things are nice. <laughs> See okay. you. That Unless you are walking your dog, you're in Los Angeles. So you are driving. So you should be looking at your phone anyway. We, no, <laughs> well, that, that, yeah, that's bad too. I'm outside. I'm waiting for my, the valet to bring my car. Yeah. I have a very walkable neighborhood here in LA. Uh, but no, it, it, and you realize you're like, what am I doing with my head and my fucking phone all the time? So yeah, no, it's, that's a great resolution. I would like to try that too. I don't know how like, successful I'll be, but you know, you can measure it. Like uh, now that Apple sends us that data, you can measure it on the little, the bars can go a little bit lower than they are right now. And, Cause right now they're pretty scary. Yeah, it's really, it's bad. There are only so many hours in a day, and I'm spending a lot of them on my phone. All right, well, um, well, thanks for sharing that, and, and, you know, go talk to some humans. Yeah, that's that's my goal. Okay, I'm here with Anna Marie Cox, host of With Friends Like These. Hi, Anna. Hello. Um, so this is our New Year's resolution special. Um, we're asking everyone, we did our new year's resolutions. We're asking everyone else, uh, in the crooked family. So do you have some resolutions you want to share? Sure. Um, so every year I vow to drink more water. Oh, that's a good one. That is like a one, been one for like 10 years. How have you done with that resolution? Um, I think I finally determined what that means. Cause mm-hmm. I used to just be like, I'll just drink more water. <laughs> <laughs> and now I actually try to do this is so I'm getting older and all my, my body is not does not respond as quickly and easily to things as each in the past. So I've discovered like actually drinking the 64 ounces of water you're supposed to drink every day. I feel like, like this is like, are we a wellness podcast now? We are. We are. Wellness. I didn't plan. This is, on a, ta- this is Michelle Obama. I did not plan on talking about this, <laughs> okay. but it's very helpful when you're hydrated. Being hydrated is a good thing. So that's that was not going to be like a serious thing I talked about. But um, so I'm going to try to drink more water. The other thing, though, it's wow. Maybe it sort of ties in. Um, I hate the idea of resolutions. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like they're oppressive. Like goal setting for me can be very. Um, like I had a therapist that made me stop doing to-do lists because she basically said it's just a weapon you use to beat yourself up. Oh, interesting. So resolutions can be that way too. So I have started thinking more about intentions. I like that. I like intentions. Because I think intentions kind of, for one thing, it's not a, a pass-fail situation. Right. Like if a resolution, you break a resolution, like then you're like, oh, well, fuck it, right? Yeah. I might as well not do the thing. Right. I might as well I not have, drink water. I have failed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the reasons I used to say drink more water is because it's like, well, more, you know, like you can always drink more. Um, uh, you can't fail at drinking more water. That's right. Um, but usually the way that resolutions are formed or formatted, formulated, you, you there's some failure, mm. like potential. Right. right. You either check the box or you don't check the box. Intentions you can sustain. Yeah. And intentions also, I think even just the, the way the word, it kind of forces you to think about, well, why am I doing this? what is the thing I'm trying to accomplish here? Like, if you want to lose weight, well, why though? Like, what's my... What's the bigger reason? What's the bigger reason? Because I've just seen in my life, the things that I stick with are the things that I'm doing for to to get closer to a value mm. that I believe in. Basically, I, I, that's it. That's smart. Like, things I actually follow through with in my life are things that are a part of the journey that I want to be on. So even the drinking water thing, like I only actually follow, started following through on that when I decided I actually wanted to take care of my body. Like yeah. when that was just sort of a theoretical, I guess it's good to drink more water. Like I didn't do it. 
but now that it's connected to a larger goal, larger value. I I actually do it. That's so. really cool. That makes sense. I, my my big one that I did was I want to figure out how to use uh, Twitter differently. So I didn't I didn't say like, I have a Twitter one too if you want. To I, hear yeah. It. So my thing well, I want to hear it then because I was like I don't want to cut off Twitter because I know that that is the resolution style thing where it's like it's just not going to happen. I'm going to fail. I'm going to feel bad. But I want to use it better because there's a larger feeling that I'm trying to get at, which is it has made me feel a li- like angrier and more distracted. And I want to use it better so that it makes me feel informed and like I have good conversations with people and, you know, and that kind of stuff. So what's this, your Twitter? This one, one might, might, might hit a little close to home for you. Okay. Um, I, my, I, want to, I have an intention to actually read everything I retweet. That is great. (laughs) 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 That is a good one. (laughs) To not just look at the headline or the picture. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've done that. I've done that a couple times. Um, and um and cuz not not because and and also not because like there's a dark side to it which there is but but because like I don't want to I I just what am I doing? I'm being irresponsible. And right. I'm also letting myself off the hook for not being informed. I'm I'm contributing to a culture of headline reading and picture looking. Yeah, and it's not even like to make sure that the facts are correct, right? It's a it's a it's a larger thing. Like last night when the story, we're recording this obviously a couple of weeks before New Year's, but last last night the story broke about that seven-year-old girl who died um, from Guatemala when she crossed the border. And I had been out, I jumped on Twitter, I saw everyone tweeting about it, and my first instinct was to just retweet it, but I was like, I don't want to just like retweet into the outrage here. Like I want to read this story. <laughs> like I know what happened because I've seen Twitter, but I want to read... A couple Washington Post reporters wrote this story. I want to know all the details. I want to see what happened. I read the story. <laughs> and it's like, it, that's that's what everyone should do. It's I mean, what everyone should do. And also, I think it helps you do an important processing of what's actually happening today. Yeah. Like, you are, this is not to get too real about this, but that's a way of honoring and respecting the lives of the people that were impacted by that death. Yeah. is to not just retweet it, but to kind of... I'm not saying the people who just retweeted it don't care right, right. or don't honor them, but to sit with that story for a minute mm. and really feel the feelings that come with reading about such a tragedy Yeah. rather than just hitting retweet and be like, well, I've taken care of that. Right. You know, I think Twitter kind of encourages a way of looking at the world where we don't have to process things. Mm. Just like, oh, that's just general badness, Right. Because I was talking, it's because it's it, it's leveling, mm-hmm. and everything that comes across the feed seems like it's the same level of importance, and it is not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I actually talked about this on on uh, my show a, a few times, and I'll mention it just in the context of Twitter intentions, mm. which is that I want to be more thoughtful about who I retweet as well. Okay. A friend of my pod, Anil Dash, has a policy of not retweeting white men. Interesting. And I've had times where I've tried that. Mm-hmm. And I would just encourage everyone to think about it for an hour. Because what you soon realize is that it's hard to, to uh. because the majority of like journalists, politicians, sports figures, like whoever it is, like that's, there's just a lot of white dudes yeah. having opinions out there. <laughs> and sometimes they're good opinions. Sometimes they're, it's right. not. It's not because like I want to censor them. It's more like, why is this just the default identity that is 
being amplified. Yeah. So if you kind of force yourself to just, who am I retweeting and why? Like, is this the is this the best voice for this issue? Right. That's very smart. I mean, I also, I think in general. As a white guy, I'm sure you have some feelings. As but. a white guy, yeah. No. <laughs> Please retweet me all the time. Um, no, I think it's, in general, I think more factually based stories, tweets, over opinion in general. Yeah. And, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, especially white guy opinion, because that oh, we all no. know. But even then, like, actually, so Anil, the, what he does is not even just opinions. It's no, like, that, that seems like it's beyond. Yeah. yeah it's like it, when I'm retweeting this news story, even mm. though it's not like it doesn't seem germane to the story that the person that wrote it is a white guy. Right. Is this really the best story? Is this really the best voice? Mm-hmm. Or is it just the first one I came across? Right. You know. And oftentimes, it, I'm sure it's the first one that people came across. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, I think be more thoughtful about the use of the platform. And the other thing I would say about Twitter that's an also, I'm, I'm really just glad you mentioned it because I, I have been thinking about it as well. The intention that I will bring is um, when I go to check it, I want to ask myself, is this important right now? Yes. <laughs> is it important that I check Twitter right now? Or could it wait? Perhaps the biggest one. <laughs> I, I've made a rule for myself now that when I wake up, I have to read a few news stories before I start scrolling. Like, I cannot wake up and start scrolling is the first thing that I do because then you're just off to the right. Ra- then you're off on a tangent somewhere. I woke up this morning. I started, someone was tweeting something. I was like following a, f- I wasn't participating, but I was following some argument on Twitter. I'm like, what the fuck am I following this argument for? You, you know, this isn't the central issue of today. You know what's <laughs> real good for that? Newspaper. <laughs> what, what, what is that it's a thing it's printed on this stuff is that bigger the, than my the, phone this, this stuff <laughs> that i have waving next to the microphone Tana has paper she's got she found some paper she found some paper i dug it out of an archive <laughs> i actually have thought about um for a while i was uh downloading stories to my kindle to mm-hmm. read first thing in the morning because i had the same idea that I shouldn't just like get on and start scrolling. Yeah. And I actually think I'm going to do a daily subscription to a newspaper. That's for the new year. And that has double it's many different benefits. One of which we take the dog on the walk in the morning to get the paper. Oh, okay. Get me, you know, like get us both out yeah. earlier probably than I want to. <laughs> Does your dog what sleep time in? You, what time My you dog wait? sleeps in. It's awesome. But then it's like but then he has to, but then it's like very urgent. Mine, that we leave. Yeah, mine sleep. I'm the first one up. Okay. Of of me, Emily, and Leo, I'm the first one up. And then when Leo sees that I'm up and stirring, he'll climb up. And take your place. Lie next to me. Oh. Cuddle for a little bit. Oh, nice. Emily will usually is usually the last one up. Oh. And then uh, and but then at some point, quick, he'll jump off the bed and just stare at me, and that's like I gotta go. Yeah. When they're up there, <laughs> that's the thing about dogs. They I wasn't prepared for this. Like he's not. It doesn't get us up early, but when he wants to be up. Like, you better. Yep. There's, they'll be scratching at the door, <laughs> running around, Demanding. tossing his head. Yeah. Um, any other any other last minute resolutions? Intentions. Intentions. <laughs> I mean, I got so many. <laughs> I got I got I got I got a load. Um. Oh well, it'll be I'll be serious again. Um. To. To always give myself another chance. That is. Are you never, fantastic intention. To never think it's the last chance to do anything. Like, I always have another chance. Yeah. Even. That's, that is a wonderful life intention. Thank you, John. 
Uh, thank you, Anna. And Happy New Year. Happy New Year. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France, which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mer and mer somehow being different words. Tubi, it's more popular than being French. See you in there. I am here with two-thirds of the greatest show on audio, on your phone, on turf. Take a, that, The Daily. Yeah, take, take that, that Barbaro. Take that P.T. Barnum. Yeah. You're a show people. Fuck you, Oprah. Actually, I'm so sorry. <laughs> we love Oprah I'm here. so sorry. <laughs> Louis Vertel, Ira Madison III, Kara Brown could not be here, but you guys know them, the Keep It crew. They're in studio, and we're talking about New Year's resolutions. Things we want to do to improve our own lives, to make the lives of people around us better, but really the former. Very good. What do you got? That was poetic. You were like Burl Ives and uh, Rudolph, just narrating the way. Thank um, you. Uh, 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 well, a couple things. One, uh, this is something people don't really know about me. I actually do not like to travel. I like living where I live, getting the iced coffee I get, getting the breakfast burrito I get, and going home, and that's my life because I am addicted to comfort. What are you talking about? You're so much fun to travel with. I guess I have gone to Mexico City with you. Are you being sarcastic? <laughs> okay. Mexico City was a journey, Lewis. All right. <laughs> um, so I vow to actually want to travel more because I am an under... I've just not visited anywhere, and I am now in my 30s ashamed of it. What if a listener wants to be your companion? What kind of countries are you thinking about? Uh, like sex companion? I didn't say that. I said it. Wait, that normal English phrase, sex companion? Okay. Um, I would desperately love to go to Australia. And also, by the way, am I allowed to say this? In the new year, we will probably be touring with Keep It a little bit, and I hope to enjoy these places via that experience. Uh, please tour with Keep It. So I have always wanted to go to Australia, but... I'd rather someone else pay for me to go. We can make that happen. Thank Listeners. you. Oh my God. Did you, Crooked knows Australia. Crikey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Australia is waiting for me to launch that accent. Well, Olivia that's, my new, ja. that's my New Year's resolution in 2019. I'm going to debut my Australian accent. You just gave him this idea. I am sorry to mention any countries around him ever. <laughs> Carmen Sandy, fuck off. <laughs> Not not uh, clever. Just <laughs> fuck you. Uh, what is my New Year's resolution? I I don't know. I think I've had I think I've had a very good year. You have had a good year. Um, who knew that appearing on Love It or Leave It would let me scam you all into giving me a podcast? And I brought Karen Lewis along. And honestly, we're more popular than all of you. We know. <laughs> I watch the numbers. <laughs> I watch the numbers. So. I don't know. Next year, I just I want to keep having fun with my friends. I want to hear more. Keep it. That would be the, nice. The next year, I agree. I want to give everyone all the keep it they want. Uh, let's go daily. Why not? Have yeah. you thought about it? Fourteen yeah. times a day. Yeah. 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 Seven minute shows. We'll, yeah, yeah, we'll take down the New York Times. Is that how long the daily is? I don't know. I don't. Who, who I can don't listen, listen to people? To Tommy, you talk about serious mm -hmm. things. Who can listen to that? Not my friends. See, that's what I'm saying. I listen wife. to Pod Save the World. Oh, thank you. 
I no, I'm it always, enjoyable. It's a good because I'm always like, who are these people? We all need both. <laughs> who are these you know names? What I, mean? what I like about Keep It so much is that you guys make me laugh, and you talk about <clears throat> Kanye being crazy or doing whatever fun thing. But it always ties into something bigger. There's always a point you're trying to make about the world, about Trump, about society, about culture, and like I, I learned something. I would like to resolve to not talk about Kanye or Justin Timberlake. Or the people that only you know, because terrorized us this year, yeah. next year, yeah. What some else people is there to say? Are, some people are like infinitely good for jokes. Like you know, unfortunately, if Lena Dunham re-enters the news, like that's another page of material I've got, another scroll I've written. So, uh, uh, but Kanye, I mean, man, how many times can I talk about him being the only rapper who cries when you beat him at a board game? I mean, <laughs> is that true? I just doesn't he seem like someone who like he's like fuck Monopoly? I bought it. Yeah, I was in. Yeah, you're not allowed to tell him. That's right. So, what do you think Kara's resolution is if she were here? She hates New Year's. She does? Why? Yeah. Just because it's an amateur hour and everyone treats it like a yeah, she literally like, used yeah. She literally called it amateur hour. Yeah. In our Christmas episode, she literally said, keep it to New Year's. The best New Year's I ever had. That's why in she's my not life. here. That's why she's Tommy <laughs> said, let's record something about New Year's. And she was like, I will be right there. And then she ran and Charlie's Angels just rolled yeah. into the elevator. A front handspring right out the window. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do think the best New Year's I have are when I don't plan something and I have low, low, low expectations. Like one year I went to uh, Atlantic City oh. thinking this is rock bottom uh, and we had a blast. Rock bottom also sounds like a restaurant you could go to in Atlantic City. <laughs> Washington DC there's one called Rock Bottom I believe. Oh yeah. Sounds like a Sebastian spinoff musical. Yes, precisely. Um, my Actually, my best New Year's was last year in Chicago. I went to, um, I usually hang out with my very good friend Andy, who is lovely and also a friend of Iris. Um, he also oh, happens to be a glorious mess. What, you? I was there. I know, I just said it, sweetie. Yes, you're friends with him. No, okay. you said I'm friends with him, but you didn't tell people that I was there. Okay, well, you were a featured player in this night, not like a star, moving on. I was Amanda Woodward, Heather Locklear in Melrose Place. I was special guest star. Okay, well, I mean, all guest starring roles must come to an end, and yours- Hers never now. did. She guest starred for seven years. <laughs> That's true. Uh, 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 but uh, we just walked around, went party to party, and then in Chicago, they do this thing, LA people don't understand this, like stay up past two. Mm -hmm. So we went and did that and I was just, I I looked like the mask from Scream by the end of the night. I just was like a monster making out with other monsters and uh, by 7 a.m. I just, I, I was like Judy Garland on the last day of her life. Just like a woman who was gonna split in half oh on stage. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, well, as you're listening to this now, I am spending New Year's in Buenos Aires. You were, where, Get this? You know where I'm spending it? Where income come from? You're just traveling all the time. You're in France, starting riots there. We know you did it. You're in the UK. You're in Buenos Aires. What do you? What the hell? Well, listen, by Mexico the time City. Love It finds out that I'm funneling money from Love It or Leave It, mm. I'll be halfway across the globe. Yeah. I'll be in Tokyo for New Year's. What? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be in LA. Oh. No, that's good for you. Yeah. Stay here. Stay here. Quote, no, quote no. young adult, you're good here. <laughs> I have a dog. <laughs> oh, you have a dog? Oh, oh. No, no, that's that not why I'm great. lame, though. I mean, I'm, the dog's cooler than I am. Did I know you had a dog? You met her. I have met her. Ira came over. The, the first Love It or Leave It, we hosted a, a party in my house afterwards. We rented our rental. And you came over, and I think all the dogs. Oh, no, you know what? Pundit was there that night jumping on your lap. You've met my dog at this office. Yes. What a star fucker you Pundit know, is. You know, your yeah, dog... Really. 
isn't really out there like Pundit and Leah. No, she respects her privacy. She needs it. She craves it. Okay. Yeah. Is your other resolution to do this boutique workouty thing in LA that we were talking about previously? Oh or is that, yes, is that a I am. Uh, no, I want to. I uh, uh, I in, I have come to enjoy working out due to I guess being brainwashed by mm-hmm. the city. Mm-hmm. But um um I hate cardio, and I want to add an element of that that makes that entertaining and I think this boutique gym that we are speaking about will do that for me one time I worked out next to wait for it Aaron Schock friend of keep it yes but also Aubrey O'Day really oh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was she scouting for more husbands or whatever that was she was killing it on the treadmill <laughs> she did a great job <laughs> practicing for her tour yeah right yeah get herself out there hundreds were going uh I will not be joining that boutique little yeah because your trainer doesn't make you run blah 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 i love my trainer he's very nice and i go you to, don't text him back i go to a small boutique gym in la i like how we're saying boutique <laughs> <laughs> shitty trendy expensive thing that we yeah. force ourselves to do well just you know being what? acquainted with the fact that i hate the word boutique yeah okay, I'll, go ahead. I'll mention the name of that gym when they start advertising on mm-hmm. keyboard <laughs> that's right well, that's all I got for resolutions. This has been fun. It's is this is look, I'm about to go into a one hour conversation with a former US ambassador to Israel, whom I love. But we're gonna talk about things that make me sad. Mm. This, well you this... tell Barbara Streisand I said hi. I will. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good place to end it. And tell her how she can get jacked. Yeah. <laughs> Happy New Year's, Barbara. I am thrilled to be here. With Aaron Gloria Ryan. You're not thrilled. I am thrilled. Look, look at my thrilled face. Okay. It looks like a just pale, a normal face. Pale face. <laughs> with okay. Aaron Gloria Ryan, host of Hysteria, friend of the pod, one of the greatest people on the planet. <laughs> oh come on! I'm definitely the greatest. What day is it? It's it's, it's early it's Wednesday. December. It's Wednesday, December twelfth. Because I have to fly out in like three hours you're going to new york it's i am gonna be cool it's gonna be i cold. don't have a jacket you're wearing oh, well no this is light. a this is like paper this is like made of tissue paper it's very light and chic yeah so i'm gonna i have like a kind of jacket so i'm gonna just wear 15 layers and hope mm. that by the time because I, I left all my jackets there when i moved here so i have to get oh, one yeah. it's it's real dumb anyway i'm wearing a sweater i bought in 2010 so we all have our problems um <laughs> we have been talking to the great crooked media hosts about new year's resolutions and things we want to do better in the new year mm-hmm. silly serious whatever you got okay so you're asking me what i yeah, what's my new year's resolution so right now i'm in the middle of trying to write something and i realized that i have a process that i go through every time i try to write anything mm-hmm. literally anything is that i reach a point of writer's block and i decide during that moment that i'm the dumbest and least funny person in the world mm-hmm. and i'll never have another good idea in the ever and my goal in 2019 is to not get into the like freak out I'm the worst writer ever mode every every single time that I have writer's block. Um, I was actually thinking the other day, um, do, I reference the Muppets like too much, but no, there no there's so many like life lessons you can take from the Muppets. There used to be a character on Sesame Street named Don Music. Do you remember Don no. Music? He was a creative type. He was a composer. And Don Music was always presented in context where he was trying to compose a song. And he was reaching a point where he didn't have the right lyric in the composition. Mm-hmm. And he would give up and bang his head on the piano and say, I'll never get it, never. And it was supposed to teach children that that being overly emotional about minor hangups is silly. Uh-huh. It looks silly. Yeah. So I need to Don Music less. That's, That's good. 
That's my plan. That's a really good resolution because, uh, you know, I was not a speechwriter. I was a press hack, which meant that it perfectly matched my ADD, which I just, you know, took a million calls and emails from reporters and managed them as fast as I could. And I loved it because it was like I didn't have to focus on one thing. John Favreau, when he was doing the head speechwriter work, would always reach a point where like 1130 at night, he'd be texting his friends like, I can't do this anymore. I, I'm not, you know, like that existential moment. Yeah. And I didn't really understand it until I tried to do some screenwriting. Uh, Holy shit. Isn't it the worst thing ever? Nobody should I, do it. It's like, I've, I mean, that's what's giving me problems. I have so much respect for you guys who who can sit and be in front of a computer or look at a blank page, for God's sake, for like eight hours in a day and just focus and write and grind it out and edit. Like, I don't I don't know that I'm constitutionally designed for that kind of work. It's really weird. It's a weird thing that like human ancestors never had to develop. They never had to learn how to uh, come up with a totally fake story that works on multiple levels and then resolve the story within 22 minutes, which is like writing a comedy script. That's what that is. And like right now I'm working on something where if I change, it's kind of like a Jenga thing you know Mm -hmm. it's like if I move one piece then the whole thing could fall down and then it just it's super frustrating and for people listening I mean you've like you've sold shows you've worked in in, on Always Sunny as a writer which is like one of the most successful great shows of recent history it well that's not because of me they brought me on in season 13 but like that's a badass show that people like for 13 seasons yeah it's a fun show to write for but to the credit of the people that I work with it's such a machine like you get in and they know exactly what all the characters are what they do it's so much more difficult to write something where you're like I'm making this up whole cloth like Mm -hmm. I came up with a new world and this is what these people do within the world or I'm like coming up with new motivations for people and it's like I was trying to I was telling another screenwriter recently that it's like trying to come up with a lie and then telling yourself the lie and trying to vet it as though you don't want to be lied to and then going back and re- you have to like oh, have good. a conversation with yourself and it's so crazy making. Were you always good at this when you were in high school and in college? No. Like, could you sit quietly and write forever? I was forever? never good at I'm literally not good at anything. <laughs> I was never good at I was good at like making sarcastic comments in mm-hmm. high school and then I was good at not going to class in okay. college and then I was good at not knowing what I wanted to do in my 20s and yep. then I got hired as a blogger. And like then I was good at blogging and then I was good at, you know, it was never, yeah. I never wanted to do this. I don't know what I'm doing. I was good at not focusing, not getting the grade at the time I needed it. Yeah. Not going to practice or class completely sober. Wait, didn't you play lacrosse or I something? Did. <laughs> I did. So, I did. It was so predictable. It's like a, a, a fun sport played by a lot of terrible people who give it a bad name. It's so interesting how it is a Native American sport. Right. Yeah. That is now the least Native American thing I can imagine. The douchiest. Yeah. Reputation. Yeah. Although fast growing. I, look, I'm not here to defend or <laughs> support the, <laughs> the lax turned community. Into a, this yeah. turned into a roast. I'm frustrated with my screenplay, so I'm just gonna roast Tommy. I'm for twirling a lanyard over here, uh, <laughs> telling you about my <laughs> my whatever. Um, that's a great. New Year's resolution. There's a little bit of self-care involved in in all of these. Res- I mean, so there's two kinds of resolutions, I guess. It's like, you're going to go to the gym, you piece of shit, <laughs> this year, if, you know, if it kills you. And this one's a nice one. You're being nice to yourself. I have to, well, because it's one of those things where, like, it doesn't help anything to be hard on yourself. Yeah. All it does is give you an outlet. And if you're your own punching bag, then you end up worse for the wear at the other end of it. That is a very hard lesson for me to learn, because I've been a self-loather for as long as 
I've known myself. I feel like I need it to well, an extent. What else are you supposed to do? It's Sunday night between 9 p.m. and midnight when you fall asleep. Hate yourself. Yeah, you were like, you were such a dick to your swim coach in sixth grade. <laughs> I cannot believe you did that. Oh, man. Like in 2017, this is another story for another time. But in 2017, I went to Nepal for like six weeks. Yeah, that's so cool. The and, pictures are amazing. Oh, thanks. It was the way that I told my mother I was alive. Okay. I just would upload a photo to Instagram. She was like, good, she's not dead. Um, but when I was there, I was alone a lot. And you think when you're hiking that you're going to like learn all these lessons about life. And I just spent a lot of time being like, I'm such a fucking asshole, like dealing with all this. Like I was paying these like karma bills in uh -huh. my head where it's like, man, I was mean to that friend I had when I was 23 and then never hung out with again. It was just like, yeah. yeah. Beating yourself up doesn't equalize out anything. You're not atoning to anyone. You're spending your energy on something that is ultimately just going to make you less equipped to handle life hmm. like if you just it's good to be self-aware it's good to be aware of your shortcomings and it's good to want to become better but sitting there beating up on yourself doesn't make you better no like if you saw your friend doing that to themselves you would stop them and i think like an important thing to remember is like you should treat yourself like how you want your friends to treat themselves mm -hmm. and that i'm going to try to to do that a little bit more that's good not only would you stop them you'd be like you're being annoying yeah, you're, being, you're making me want to be your, you stupid piece of shit. You're making me not want to be your friend. <laughs> well, you stupid pieces of shit, that is one fantastic <laughs> No, that is resolution. your words, your words, not mine. You guys are all wonderful. I love you guys so we, much. I love, love them. They're the best. They love you too. Oh, thanks. Aaron, thank you. Yeah, Great thanks. To see you. Fly safe. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Almost. I don't remember when For this comes out. For in a couple out. weeks, I think. <laughs> Kevin says, oh, it's your stupid idea. All right. And when we come back, more talking. Yay! <laughs> On the line is DeRay McKesson, the host of Pod Save the People. DeRay, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good. I can't believe that it's already almost 2019. It's sort of wild. It is wild. It, in, last year feels like a blur, but I know a lot of stuff happened. The midterms were good. What else? I don't really remember. You know, I, I did I did a panel recently with some of the Parkland students, and they were like, this has been a really wild nine months. And I was like, was that really just nine months ago? Oh, my God. That is... Like, isn't that wild? Like, she said that, and I was like, wow, not only nine months? Like, this feels like the world's just moving so quickly, you know? Mm-hmm. So quickly. And for those guys, as a percentage of your total life, I mean, they're, what, 18, 19? That's... Right. Man. Um, well, what we've been doing, we've been talking to some... Folks here at Crooked Media, some of the the folks hosting great shows like Pod Save the People about New Year's resolutions. Uh, do you have any this year? Anything you want to share with the audience? Yeah, I think they're like the two big resolutions. One is like I am just trying to be more like fit and healthy. I went to a Soul Cycle class. Have you been to Soul Cycle? Oh yeah, it 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 hurt me. It's hard. Hard. I nearly fainted. I decided to take a two-hour nap the first time I did it. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll spend, like, you know, I know a lot of people that have sort of done it. Da, da, da. I went and was like, are you, do you seriously stand up this much? I, like, don't know how. <laughs> and I, I honestly would have. Were you able to do it in rhythm? No. I was so out of no. rhythm. I looked like an idiot. No. And, like, thankfully, I got a bike that was, like, not in the front. But, I, Tommy, I literally would have walked out if not for the peer pressure of having to walk in front of everybody. Um, I'm happy I did it and mm -hmm. like I'm going to the mm -hmm. gym now I have a trainer like so that's like one of my resolutions for sure because like I just need to do that better yeah I hear you 
And the second is like, when we think about the work, it's like, I'm always mindful, especially around mass incarceration and the police, is like a lot of the outcomes haven't changed at all. You know, like with the police, it's like as many people got killed, got killed in 18 as they did in 17, 16, 15, and 14, like literally no change. Mm-hmm. So I think about what I want to do in 2019 is like double down on like the structural things. Like they're not often sexy and people like programs because programs sort of, you can touch and feel a program. You know, you can touch and feel an after school program. You can touch and feel feeding the homeless, like and programs are important they have a role to play in this space um i'm interested in like either how we use programs to scale to be like system-wide or how we fundamentally just change systems and structures like that's Mm -hmm. like my laser focus for 2019 so i'm gonna try and laser in on that like a little bit more than i have been in 2018 can i ask you a question i've asked you this offline but never on the air i mean i think you know like i i grew up in you know like a privileged environment in new england like for me uh, the reality I saw during Ferguson in particular was incredibly jarring and eye-opening and I think uh, awakened me to a systemic problem with police violence that I was just not nearly aware of enough. Do you think that stories like Ferguson are, are still getting out sufficiently and like people are seeing that unchanged statistic that you talked about earlier or like do we, do we need to do more work on that front? Yeah, it's interesting. I think that people are people know the stories. I don't think they know what to do about it, right? So mm-hmm. more people have seen videos or like had the language to talk about it. I think people don't think about like police union contracts or laws as like sites of change. So like, you know, I know you've heard me say it before, like California has a law that literally says that any investigation of an officer that lasts more than a year can never result in discipline, regardless of the outcome. That is right and like crazy. That's wild, you know, in Maryland, there's a law that says that you can file an anonymous complaint against an officer for everything except brutality. You're like, well, okay, that's sort of wild. Wow. And in Cleveland, Cleveland, uh, the police union contract literally says that they destroy police officer disciplinary records every two years. So, like, I think that people just don't, I think that, like, there's a lot of focus on the awareness that there is an issue. I think people don't know what the structural things look like. And I think we have to do a better job of helping people realize that like oh no the system can change like it doesn't have to work like this the things that you think are the solutions are just not as sexy you know so like training is interesting but like i don't know what training you go to not to shoot a nine-year-old that's not a training issue you know that's like a something else and like or unconscious bias it's like yeah unconscious bias is important we should train people but like some of this bias is really conscious you know and like Mm -hmm. calling everything unconscious is letting people off the hook so i'm gonna double down on the structural stuff in 2019 that's great that's great. And, and, and do you think you'll double down on on sort of helping people understand exactly that that leap you're talking about, like the awareness and the next step? Is that going to be a focus of on Pod Save the People? Yeah, yeah. And helping people see the connections. You know, on, the, on Pod Save the People already, we do the connections, right? So what are all the things that yeah. you didn't even think about? Uh, but helping people. So we just had an interview about abortion and like, I just had no clue about the number of states that only have one abortion clinic or like, you know, you can sign up to be an escort for instance and like escort women into abortion clinics and like just the strategies that the the other side is using to clamp down on like access to abortion and things like that. Like how do we help tell the structural stories at scale so people can listen and be like, okay, I get the, I get the problem. Now here's how we fight. Like that's what I want to be my work in 2019. 
I just also want to say, I, I think that's one of the things that Pod Save the People does so well because you guys often do, you know, a, a news that, you know, wasn't necessarily like the front page of the New York Times section where you guys bring together all these stories that are critically important, but maybe didn't get heard by your audience. And then you always make that leap of like how the listener can get involved and do more and actually stop some of these, you know, structural problems or, or horrible incidents that are happening. So that's why I think it's just an invaluable show that everybody should listen to. Yeah, I appreciate it. I think they should listen to <laughs> and I know they are. I know they are. Um, Dre, happy new year, man. Thank you so much for uh, for sharing that with us and, you know, look forward to talking more. Cool. Thanks so much, Tommy. Talk to you later. I think, I believe the song plays at the end of It's a Wonderful Life, right? Yeah. This, this, um, this arrangement go. really reminds me of The Shining. That just took it down. <laughs> Wait, which which part of The Shining? When he's in the uh, the bar. When he's in the bar. If Tanya's uh, nodding. Yeah, when they're pulling back. I didn't. I have not oh, seen The Shining. Yeah. <gasps> oh, you've not seen The Shining. It's so get the scary. Fuck I don't out like scary here. movies. So, oh my I god. Like you know what? Maybe we'll get you a sandbox little shovel you can play with while the while the, Tommy and I watch The Fucking Shining. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Tommy, New Year. Tommy hates scary movies. I do. But that was a good one. It's a, it's a psychological. I feel like thriller. that's also one of those old ones. I feel like I've seen every scene from The Shining because it's such a cultural. Yeah, but when you see him in order, boy, that's <laughs> that's the key. <laughs> <laughs> leave it All in. Right. Uh, uh, uh.